0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now. Here's your host, Scott Mosby on Kangam OX.
1: Well, Scott Mosby is taking this rainy day off, paddling around his driveway maybe. I don't Hope it's not his basement. I wouldn't think so. (laughs) So he's not here, but I will fill in for him and the experts on hand. Danny Corr. Denny Corr, he is a senior home consultant with Mosby and that's why I introduced him first because he's the senior home consultant. Only
2: only seems the right way to do it.
1: Gotta have respect, (laughs) man. You've earned it.
2: And then Kurt Dahl is just
1: a Consultant, not just a home consultant. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, he's also with us today.
3: Gentlemen, how are you? Doing great. Doing fantastic. Thanks for having us. You bet. How was the drive in? It was a little wet. The yes. It was very wet. <laughs> well, canoe might have been the easiest way to, to make it down to the station yeah, this they, morning.
1: They may be ticketing people for not wearing life preservers instead of. Uh, <laughs> seatbelts these <laughs> days true. with all this rain uh, these true. gentlemen are here to take your home improvement questions and comments at 436 7900 925 we'll be here for a couple of hours now since the cardinals game got canceled but uh don't wait give us a call 436 7900 925 1120 and of course with this rain that brings up a lot of issues i guess we're all going to find out how our roofs are
3: well kurt you can talk about that <laughs> well, certainly, we're, we're getting a lot of calls at Mosby Building Arts for uh, roof-related issues and leaks, and uh, certainly from some of the severe weather we've had in the past couple weeks on the Illinois side of the river, we've been seeing some hail damage calls and, and the like, but uh, it's to be expected this time of year. Um, you know, at the same time, though, it's really a great time that even if your roof isn't leaking or causing issues to at least take a look at it and see if it's something that may need to be addressed in the near future.
1: And then that's the top of the house. You also have the basement and, and other areas that could be affected by
2: the water as well. Absolutely. Now's the time of the year when you're going to be seeing it. When the ground gets really saturated, that's when your problems start. Uh, so if you have any kind of cracks in your foundation, if you have water pressure that's coming in up out underneath the concrete floor itself, Um, that, you know, these are things that are not uncommon, especially with the type of situation that we have right now. It is just such a saturating type of rain. Um, This is where we're going to start seeing it. And even though you may say I've never had a leak before, (laughs) it's the time that you just want to be at least keeping an eye out because you never know when something might pop up. Yeah, this is a real challenge, That if you have any
1: weaknesses, it's certainly going to show up. That was Denny Corrigan. He's senior home consultant. Kurt Dahl also here, home consultant there with Mosby Building Arts, and we're here to take your calls at 436 7900 you are listening to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show on KMOX. <laughs> Now, back
0: to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby
1: on KMOX. I don't know about that water sound in there today. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it's Helotech, but I don't know. That, that just, I think i i i'm I've been inside all day, and I think my fingers are kind of getting that uh, wrinkly look just from watching all the rain. I'm Brian Kelly and for Scott Mosby with me today, Denny a senior home consultant, and then Kurt Dolly's a home consultant at Mosby and we're taking your calls, including this one from Steve, who is in beautiful Edwardsville, Illinois this morning how you doing, Steve?
0: Oh, not too bad,
1: so will, you have questions for uh, Denny and Kurt?
0: yeah. Uh, within the past uh, three weeks, we've suffered lightning damage in our home to the uh, phone and the Internet and dev- all the devices hooked into the Internet, which is stereo and TV. And I'm just trying to see if you have any recommendations on equipment to buy to
4: protect the, that equipment.
2: You want to talk about
3: it, Kirk? Well, um, it, it's—I'll uh, be honest—it's a little bit out of my uh, scope of expertise. Um, but I do know that uh, certainly there are some uh, products. You know, obviously things like surge protectors can can certainly help with that. But the honest truth is that when you have uh, a close-by lightning strike, even surge protectors aren't really going to uh, be a, a great line of defense. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's just a case where Mother Nature has so much power and uh, there's uh, there's only so much we can do to really protect. However, one thing, um, you know, I, I do know is that, uh, it, and this may not be the most convenient uh, strategy, but actually unplugging your electronic devices uh, before a large uh, electrical storm will uh, certainly help and, um, you know, prevent, uh, prevent damage from occurring. Well, and I can also tell you
2: that, you know, um that there are actually as there's a surge protector system that you can put on the electrical lines as they enter the house and it's it's really oh. a, a fascinating system it is expensive and you need to have somebody who knows what they're doing to install it um, but it really will protect a lot of those electronic things um, this i'm not trying to com- compete with what Kurt just said <laughs> but but it is one of those kind of things where um, if you take those extraordinary measures, you can actually protect yourself. Uh, and what it does is it will prevent that surge that b- blows through the house and causing that, uh, the, you know, those those spikes in electricity that that will knock out your electronic stuff. So um, if you want to look into something like that, that certainly would be a good idea. Uh, but I would, as I said, make sure you contact a uh, certified electrician to do that.
0: So is there...
5: A product name or
2: uh, there's a couple different research. names and to be honest I don't remember what they are right now um, but if you if you do some research in there and l- on the internet you can find out about a, uh, some of the different types of products that are out there um, it will it will give you a, a good feel for what
3: uh, what you might want to put on there I think, okay. I think that would be a great question uh, for the experts over at the sound room as well um, there there's some great folks that we've done a lot of work with at Mosby and uh, basically all things electronics they you know they really know so uh, I would I would uh, encourage you to maybe reach out to the sound room and, and talk with them about that um, you know outside of that just in terms of of damage that can occur from a lightning strike to uh, a home or a, a building certainly uh, there are um, you know, options in terms of uh, lightning rod systems that will divert a lot of that uh, power mm. and, and ground it into the ground. But that's right. uh, not quite the same uh, question as, as you have. And I think that's a great question.
6: All right. Well, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. It seems like lightning rods were, you know, in the past, you go by old farmhouses and you see them. Are those still common at all? Do people still install those?
2: I, yeah, we'll still put them up occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I don't think people are as aware of it. Um, although they probably should be, they're probably more important now than they were. I would back think then. so, yeah.
3: Um, just because there is so, many, so much electronic stuff in the house, right? And we we see them most often, um, as you mentioned, on on things like farmhouses, you know, big open areas where there's one building, one thing that's uh, kind of protruding up into the sky, and that's going to attract that lightning. Um, usually, in uh, in more urban areas, we we don't see it as much. It's you know, you figure there's enough things around that can divert the attention that, you know, you have to be a little unlucky for it to be uh, to be your house. That's hit. So I think people just kind of gamble on that. Four,
1: three, six, seven, nine hundred, one, eight hundred, nine, two, five. The number to call to get in with. Denny and Kurt, I'm looking here at a surge protection device, and this looks like something uh, that you would put on the outside. And this one's two hundred and forty dollars. Right. Uh, Leviton makes this one, and it looks okay. like something that would be what you're talking. Right. about.
2: Right, and it's a system that actually attaches out by the mast, so it's a, uh, you know, it's a very effective system.
1: Yeah, it seems like a, that'd be a great idea because, like you said, you know, in the old days, I guess you were protecting your farmhouse from burning down, but you have so much that is electrical now. I mean, yep. Tell, well, like he
2: was talking about televisions computers right. everything well in the old days you had one or two circuits in a house you know that had a <laughs> couple of fuses and now you have all these things and it, it's uh, you know you as you said you've got iPads and uh, all mm-hmm. the different things that you have plugged in
3: it's just a resource TVs and all that stuff right and one one final piece of advice I can give is uh, something that we've certainly learned around the office is that <clears throat> uh, take the time and back up all your important information. Uh, we, you know, and just at our own Mosby office, we've we've uh, gone through some times where we've had a server go down, and we've realized how important it is to put that up in the cloud or somewhere that it's it's going to be protected, so that if you know, worse comes to worse and you lose uh, what you've got at home, then you have you still have that important information stored somewhere else.
1: Important information, again, from the Cardinals today, that their game has been postponed, mm. and so no date set for, the, uh, for that game to be played. I think the Reds come back in September, so it'll probably be then. It would make sense. Right. Sure. And also, we're just getting word from Tom Ackerman that if you're going to the Blues game on next Friday, there's good news. It starts at 7 o'clock. Oh, Thank good. you, NHL. Uh, <laughs> right. that, I've done it before, but I don't really like going to 830 yep. games and coming in at 5 in the morning, and my audience doesn't like it either. <laughs> uh, let's go to Ralph and Fluorescent. He checks in with us here on the Tech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Good morning, Ralph.
4: Good morning. I've got a problem with my ceiling in my home here. I didn't know if it was too much moisture or whatever it is The paint. Bubbling up and peeling off and cracking. What it's, can I do to stop that?
2: That's in your ceilings? Correct. Okay. And is there a, a second floor or is it a, a ranch house?
4: It's a ranch house. It's a basement. so single-family dwelling.
2: Okay. Uh, so one of the things you probably have to look at is the ventilation in your attic. Okay. Um, so the biggest thing that we run into is... Uh, when you stop and think about how houses were built, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, they'd put a gable vent in there and they'd, they'd have air moving through that attic. And um, that was a, you know, it, it was a, efficient to pull some of the heat out of the attic, but it really didn't get the air moving per se in the attic. You, it's, it's kind of a stagnant area. Mm-hmm. And what happens is with your insulation, um, moisture will get in there, as well as the fact that the insulation starts to uh, compress on itself, and then, then you're not, you know, it's not doing the same thing that it once did. So you have the moisture in your house, you have the attic space above it, and when the air isn't moving properly, moisture will collect on that ceiling, you know, because of condensation, just like a window or anything else. The same kind of uh, principles apply. So you always have to make sure that uh, you're looking at how that the attic is vented.
4: Okay, um, is it too much insulation and not enough to
2: cause the crack in the morning? Well, that's that would be one piece of it. So it could be that there's not enough insulation, um, and if the air is not moving adequately up in the area above it. So uh, if you just have a gable vent, for instance, that's that's fine. But if you've decided somewhere along the way to have a, a ridge vent, which they'll put in a roof. when A lot of times when a roofer comes in and re-roofs, they'll say, oh, this we have this wonderful idea for you. We'll put this ridge vent in, and it will help pull the air out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, well it,
4: it's got a it's got roof vent. It's got two roof vents and uh, the gable vents, and it's from the soffit. It's got vents from there also, so I don't know what's really causing it.
3: Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Kurt? Well, I think you were, um, yeah, you were getting right to it in in terms of, um, <clears throat> you know, a ridge vent is a little different than what we would call a static uh, roof vent. A static roof vent is, you can see it, we call them turtle vents. You know, they kind of look like right. the back of a turtle. Um, and they they do their job to an extent. Um, the The reason that we consider a ridge vent to be, Uh, a better alternative is that it will run the entire length of the ridge and and give a more uniform ventilation and provide better uh, ventilation and and air circulation. And that's, uh, you know, Denny's hitting the nail on the head in terms of uh, the circulation of the air is the important part. You want uh, air to be drawn in through the soffit to exit out the uh, ridge vent. And what that'll do is that'll wash the underside of that roof decking. It'll uh, help, Uh, prolong the life of your roof, but it also uh, will carry, you know, a lot of that uh, hot air out and uh, certainly will will help. The other side of... Uh, of the what you're describing in terms of that ceiling you know the paint uh, bubbling up is uh you know certainly can be moisture so keeping an eye on what the moisture levels are on in the house and just be aware that every time you take a shower or cook food or even exhale you're producing some uh water vapor and that's got to go somewhere
4: okay so what do i do about the moisture in the house how do i get rid of it
2: Uh, You'd need some sort of dehumidifying system. This is a big thing. Okay. Yep. Already. Thank you. All right, Ralph. Thank thank you you
1: very much for uh, checking in from and We're going to go to Bill in Kirkwood in just a moment. First, a couple of reminders. Just getting word that uh, I mentioned in the news that 141 at I-44 likely to be closed. Well, MoDOT is saying before Monday morning's rush, it could be underwater through the week all the way through Friday. So (laughs) be aware of that if you use that uh, that route. Also, MSD is saying that if you notice any ponding or flooding on streets to the blocked inlet during rainfall, call MSD's 24-hour customer service, and that'll help uh, keep some water off the streets and, right. and from uh, causing more problems. So we're going to go to Bill and you next at 436-7900-1800. 925-1120. It's 1129. And now, back to
0: the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: This is Brian Kelly and for Scott today alongside senior home consultant Denny Kaur and home consultant Kurt Dahl from Mosby. By the way, the answer to that trivia question for Pints and No Politics, of course, cha-cha, was Orlando Cepeda. Let's go to Kirkwood. Bill is on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. How you doing, Bill?
7: I am fine, thank you. Question: I'm getting re- my family and I are getting ready to move from the St. Louis area down to the Rio Grande Valley, and we're going to have a, in Texas and have a house built. The house comes with a, a five ton, fourteen seer air conditioner, with the option to improve to a higher seer number. When is how do I determine when it's the right price and how much to increase that seer number?
2: Uh, well, I will or tell what, you,
7: or what questions do I ask?
2: Um, you know, I, unfortunately, I probably neither one of us are the ones you want to be asking that question to, uh, Gee, all right. <laughs> but, but if you call our office, uh, we do have some people there that can, can help you with that. Uh, that's just not a, a, the strength, the strongest part of our Repertoire,
7: okay. well, and I, that's a legitimate answer. Yeah, well, I, it's the best
3: one I could give you. You know,
2: sorry. <laughs> you know. That makes it a good answer.
3: Huh? Okay. Well, one one thing that uh, you know uh, we do have a little bit more expertise about is uh, is energy efficiency, and and okay. certainly in uh, a climate zone like you have in in Texas, I would uh, certainly involve that in the conversation as well. So, whoever you're talking to about that HVAC system. Look for ways that are kind of passive uh, ways to make your home more energy efficient or rely on that HVAC uh, system less. Uh, right. I mean, think-
7: we're going to do the foam insulation up in the, you know, in the roof of the house. Right. Sure. In a plate, uh, you know, instead of the batting, right? Sure. Uh, that's it's. I I think I figured that one out. That'll pay for itself.
3: Yep, uh, you betcha.
7: We've got energy efficient windows.
3: Yep, that was a, uh, that's another big one.
7: So it was, I, Any other hints on that? Area, I can switch degree or topics here. That's
3: fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think you're you're certainly headed the right way. Now, what um, what type of uh, of roof are you uh, planning on putting
7: I, on the house? It is, it is a shingle roof. Okay, That's pretty common for the area where we'll be down in the valley. Got it.
3: Yep. And I, I just wondered because I know a lot of times we do um, see clay tile and some of the other options right. down in the Texas area. But uh, no, I think you're I think you're definitely headed the right way. And um, yep, I think just like Denny said, probably uh, a Call into our office at uh, Mosby Building Arts, which is three one four nine zero nine eighteen hundred we've okay. got some some folks that are experts at uh, in the HVAC uh, realm that probably would be uh, uh, you know better suited for for that question. We really appreciate the call though
2: but and one hey, thing I do you... want to say is uh, if you're talking to someone down there make sure again if you're if they're down there they know what the conditions are it's an entirely Brilliant. different zone of of climate. So oh, you I just that. want to make sure it's per- pertinent to that,
7: right? And uh, we're very comfortable with the builders that we have and okay. giving them good information. So
2: fantastic.
7: Okay. But I was just trying to get wondered if there was a magic number. Yep. Uh, thank you, though. I'll check uh, with your office. All right. Thanks, Thanks. So, so much.
1: All right. Thanks. Thank you, Bill. And you know you can get KMOX there and listen to the Cardinals and Blues right. Right, or, uh, right in the Rio Grande Valley. Bob in St. Peters, uh, we come in really well in St. Peters, and Bob is on KMOX right now. Hi, Bob
5: hi how you doing
1: doing very well so you have a patio issue huh
5: I have a patio I'm gonna pour well I'm having a company come in and pour a new patio I have two steps from my family room down to the patio and one company said to leave them there because they didn't want to mess the sill up another one says no they want to take it out to match the concrete make it look better and what's your opinion is it gonna screw up the French doors that are right there
3: well, are the French doors are they um, resting on top of the sill, or were the steps, or, or sorry, the steps, or were the steps poured up to that sill? Do you do you happen to know that?
5: I, I think they're poured up to the sill because they are pulling away just a little bit from the uh, sill itself.
2: Yeah, if yeah. you can see a space between the end of the steps and the uh, the house itself, then yeah, I'd, uh, I'd pull them out myself. Yeah. I I think you'd be much better off. Correct. Yes.
5: I did have a crack in that, you know, like you said, they were pulling away a little bit, and I put some concrete in there. It's been holding, but that's cracking now, too. And I right. Think right. I
2: well, because what happens is that concrete is settling, and it will continue to settle. Um, and that's where, when they're putting the new concrete in, they have to make sure they get a real good base, because concrete's only as good as what's, what's underneath it. Right. You know, supporting it, because ground that that heaves and you know it's it swells and shrinks and does all that stuff uh with wet weather (laughs) you know it's all all those kind of things uh so the better base you have underneath it the better it it will stay in place
5: Right, the company said they were going to put rebarb into the foundation itself.
3: Got it, actually tie it in. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. M- most often when those uh, slabs are poured, they uh, typically aren't actually anchored to the house, so they move independently, and exactly like uh, Denny mentioned, you know, just being aware of the fact that in the Midwest we go through so many freeze-thaw cycles over the course of a year, and that really... Um, it really it does a rough job on all of our exterior products, uh, especially uh, concrete. But I, th- I think you're you're right on the right track there. Uh, I would recommend pulling those steps and, and replacing them, and then everything will match, and they'll be able to tie it into the foundation. Right.
5: And you don't think it's going to mess up the uh, French door, do you?
3: No, as long as the steps stop before it. If, uh, if the French doors are actually on top of the, that sill or those steps, Uh, then you may have to look at actually pulling the French doors to replace the steps, and that becomes a little more difficult.
5: Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.
3: All right, thanks
1: for the call, Bob. You're on with uh, Kurt Dahl, home consultant, and Denny Cor, the senior home consultant from Mosby Building Arts. We are here to take your calls at 436 7900 It has stopped raining in downtown St. Louis at the moment. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Again, the Cardinals, yeah, really. <laughs> the Cardinals game has been postponed. No word on when it will be rescheduled. Probably, though, when the Reds come back to town And I think that's going to be in September. I'll double-check that, of course, for you and keep you up-to-date on it. So give us a call, 436-7900-1800, 925-1120, on the Helitech Home Improvement Show.
0: And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing
1: Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Well, Scott is out of town. So this is Brian Kelly sitting in, and Scott has sent two of his experts, Denny Korr, the senior home consultant at Mosby, and Kurt Dahl, a home consultant at Mosby Building Arts, to take your calls like the one we're going to take right now from George in St. Louis. Good morning, George. How are you?
0: Pretty good. yourself.
1: Uh Very fine. Just want to dry out a little bit, but that'll, yeah, that'll well, happen. They expect a little bit more rain. Yeah, a lot more, I'm afraid. So what do you got for us?
0: Uh, well, uh, I got a house. And it's got, I guess it's aluminum siding. Okay. Um, And the landlord who owns the house, which I am lease option by, is uh, wanting to paint it. And I'm going, you know, when you walk up to the siding and you just take your hand across it, I mean, you got it like a chalk film coming off it. Okay. And I'm going, you know, my... Dad told me a long time ago, preparations, everything when you paint. Yep. Okay? So uh, I'm wondering if that's a good idea or tell him, you know, to reside the thing, you know, with your regular, what do you call it? Classic siding. Or yeah, a vinyl, vinyl
3: siding, vinyl. sure.
0: Vinyl siding.
3: Yeah, I think y- you really could go either way. <laughs> um, some of it will depend on on uh, the budget that you have to spend. You know, certainly painting is tends to be a more cost effective option than replacing the uh, siding with vinyl. Um, but you know, good paint job uh, can last quite a while on aluminum siding. And and you absolutely hit the nail on the head in terms of you know. Uh, and I think Denny could attest to this too. Is that uh, the prep work is ninety percent of it. So, um, you know, starting by cleaning it really well, uh, usually y- using a pressure washer can certainly help with that process, um, and then uh, doing some sanding so that you can kind of scuff up that surface and allow for better adhesion with the next. Uh, you know, uh, typically I'd recommend a primer and then uh, and then the actual uh, finish coat. Um, but yeah, you can you really can do either one. And one way to tell if it's aluminum siding versus steel siding is actually just using a magnet. Uh, if it sticks to it, then you know it's it's actually steel and not aluminum. And you may want to tweak the uh, paint you're using based on on which which type.
2: Right. Just make sure you find that if you do paint it, that it's the appropriate type of paint for that surface. Because for aluminum or
1: steel, it's, it's right. a
2: different type of paint. Right. Do you
1: have to put any cleaner in your power washer or a certain type of cleaner?
3: No, actually, you really don't. I mean, it, it can help uh, with, with certain types of, um, you know, staining and that that sort of thing to have a maybe a light bleach solution. But, you know, generally for just cleaning so that you can paint, um, no, you, you can just use regular old water. And when
1: you sand it, are you trying to get it
3: down to bare metal or are you just trying nope. to scuff it up? You're just trying to scuff it up, just right. to give that something to adhere to.
2: I think the biggest thing you're looking at is whether or not the paint is flaking off of it or if it's just the oxidation that's happened where it's got that chalky feel. It, you know, and it is you...
0: the, it's the factory you know, mm-hmm. siding, so it's right. really, it hasn't never been painted before. It came, right. you know, at, that, that's what at least that's what it looks like right and and
2: and if they can remove that oxidation part of it then it's it's going to be okay to paint and it will give you a lot of years of life
3: yep and and one final uh, point I'd make just in terms of the paint is on exterior paints it sounds maybe a little counterintuitive but you actually want something with at least a little bit of sheen to it Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, you know a high gloss or anything like that but Matte paints, um, or what I should say is that having a little bit of sheen in the paint means that it's actually a little more elastic, uh, and that's really important with exterior paints because you're going to be going through hot and cold cycles, and that's going to have to expand and contract, and we want a paint that will flex along with it.
0: I appreciate your comment, sir.
3: Thank you so
1: much. All Thank right, you. George. Thanks for the call. I'm going to be facing that at my house here pretty soon. Going to work with that. Dolores in Hillsboro, Illinois, has a call. Good morning, Dolores.
6: No, it's Hillsboro, Missouri.
1: Oh, it is Missouri. Okay. Yes. Well, see, our our producer's from Illinois, so he here's okay. you know <laughs> he tends to go those well, Eastsiders. <laughs>
6: okay, I'm I'm wanting to uh, redo my deck. I have a Western cedar deck, and there are about five post that are sitting on a concrete patio beneath the deck Mm -hmm. that are supporting. And there's about three of these, I guess they're four by four posts, that are rotten from the bottom Mm -hmm. up about 10 or 12 inches. Mm -hmm. Does that entire post have to come out of there, or is there any way you can cut another post, cut the bad section out, and push this new section in?
2: So technically, there's a way to do that. What we would recommend is not to do that, though, because you—it's <laughs> what you're doing is every time you cut that out, you're leaving more exposed edges, and what caused the rot in the posts in the first place is going to just start working immediately on that new cutout section. So really, our recommendation is to replace the post.
6: And that's going to be very costly, isn't it?
2: Well, you know, it depends on what all you have to do to, to replace the post. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be coy about it, but it's one of those things where there's a lot of different variables, and some posts are very simple to pull out and replace, and others
3: are more complicated. So, um, and, oh, and, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask, Dolores, so it, it sounds like you'd mentioned that it's a cedar deck. So it sounds like you're also describing that the posts themselves are cedar. Is that correct?
6: Well, you know, I don't think the posts are cedar.
3: Okay. And they they shouldn't be, or at least um, by today's code standards, they they shouldn't be. Um, although, you know, a lot of times things could just be grandfathered in or, um, you know. No, I
6: don't believe the posts are cedar. Okay. This deck is about 30 years old.
3: Got it. Yeah. It. and
6: it's western seat and it's it has about 435 square feet of decking.
2: Okay. So right.
6: it's a big it's a big deck.
2: Do yeah. do the posts come up through and create part of the railing too? Uh. Let me you, look you know what I'm, I'm saying? Out. Where it supports it's actually the railing is attached to the post comes up through the deck.
6: Well, I'm gonna walk right out here right now. It's, uh,
1: it's not raining in Hillsboro, I take it.
6: No, it's just stopped. But I oh, got good. a gutter between my house that is like Niagara Falls. <laughs>
1: uh,
6: the rail, the posts are supporting the the fascia board. You know the right. And yeah, it it goes all the way up to the railing.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah. So that would be a bit more complicated to replace, but but it is doable.
3: And and yeah, it really. It, yeah, just like Denny said, that that's the right way to do it. Um, yeah, y- you don't want to take uh, the uh, structure or um, you know, put put safety, uh, you know, in, in jeopardy by not doing it the right way. Sure. Um, but you know, I think replacing that with treated posts and then also using a spacer system that actually, you know, um, kind of. Re- so that post can still be anchored to the concrete, like you were describing, but it's not going to be just resting in in water. Right. You know that would yeah. be a, a nice, uh, yeah. There's nice do.
6: I'm down here right now. There are five posts that are that are holding up this deck.
3: Right. Now
6: the the boards, the cross arbor boards, you know that are holding up the flooring. Yeah, the joists. the joists,
2: Uh-huh.
6: Yeah, I, I've had a, a company come out and they've actually given me an estimate, and they said that. It it would be costly, they were honest with me, to take those posts down. But they didn't feel like the deck's going to fall down anytime soon. You know, so... Well,
2: well, just it's like anything. If what's supporting it is failing, that's,
3: you know, ultimately it's going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, unfortunately, in... um, you know, in and, and these type of issues, it's it's kind of like the dentist. You know, it, it doesn't get better on its own, and eventually you have to uh, kind of bite the bullet, so to speak, and and take care of it.
6: Yeah, you know, I don't know how many more years I'm going to be in this house or not. But
3: <laughs> sure. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. Yep.
1: But, you know, you hear about it every year where a porch collapses and people get hurt, and
2: it's, it's yeah. boy, we have, you, know, yeah, you don't want to take that chance. Yeah, we have discussions about that at the office all the time, so, about how those are falling. Yeah.
6: So you're saying that if you have new posts put in, there's a, a system where you can prevent this from happening in the future, where it doesn't rot out?
2: Well, like any wood product, it's not going to last forever. However, there's ways that you can do it to make sure it's going to last a lot longer. There's a there's an anchoring system that can be applied that, that will keep it separated off the concrete.
6: Okay. Yep. All yep. right. Well, that's not good news. but Yeah,
3: <laughs> well, sorry. Sometimes we're not the bearer of, of good news. <laughs> yeah. Um.
6: All right. Well,
1: thank you. Well, thank you, Dolores. Well, you'll feel so much better when it's done. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> and you won't have all that weight in your wallet or purse to carry around anymore. Right. So uh, thank you very much for the call, Dolores. And that Kurt Dahl is a home consultant with Mosby. He's one of the voices you're hearing, along with Denny Corey, senior home consultant. We're going to have the news here for you in just about 40 seconds or so. And a few minutes later, we'll come back and, and take more of your calls at 436 7900 925 1120 on the Helatech Waterproofing. Home Improvement Show. I'm Brian Kelly, sitting in for Scott Mosby. Coming up at 1 o'clock, the Rick Edelman Show at 3. It's the Car Pro Show at 5. The KMOX Profiles. Dan McLaughlin checks in at 7 this evening with Inside Cardinals Nation. Then Johnny Rabbit. Music, memories, and magic from the first half of the 1960s. That'll be at 9 o'clock. A full day on KMOX. It is now 12 o'clock.